This is episode two of What's Her Face with Maria Corpus. Maria Corpus is an Asian American woman from Omaha, Nebraska. She graduated from the Journalism, Media, and Computing Department at Creighton University in 2016. There, she learned the power of words and the art of conversation. After graduating, Corpus worked on projects from writing for local news to planning local music festivals. Now, she is focusing on how building community is an art form with her program, Nightcaps. Nightcaps brings together two of her passions, art and social justice, to educate not only herself, but the community she lives in. During the day, she helps businesses curate branded merchandise collections at a local woman-owned business, Solon Swag. Corpus hopes to push and challenge culture by bringing together those that hold different kinds of influence and perspectives in our communities. We're back for episode two of What's Her Face. I'm Carly Scott Fields. I'm Leslie Swinson, and we have Maria Corpus with us. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for coming. We're really pumped. I mean, we've been friends for a number of years, so it's only right that you're one of our first guests. How are you feeling today? How has COVID been treating you? Oh, man. It's been (laughs) a accelerated growth season. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, well, today I was just coming from, um, sewing. My father owns a dental office and so they're kind of bottom of the list to get PPE products. And so my mom and I have been sewing gowns and hats and it's been really nice to find a hobby that I can just forget about my phone for hours. Yeah, and then that must feel really great, honestly. Yeah. Jeez. It's been awesome. I've been started to design my own clothes too, which is fun. Oh, I I've noticed that. that on your Instagram, yeah. not to put a plug in, but it's been I cool know. that one green outfit that you put together. Oh, we're working on pants and a skirt for mm. that so I can have two oh my gosh. sets. Wonderful. This is now a plug for Maria's future (laughs) clothing line. Don't mind us. Please Uh, do that. I know that would be so fun. We all deserve that. (laughs) But beyond that, how's your mental health doing? How do you think this has affected you both positively and negatively? Oh, man. You know, Carly, when we did a photo shoot about Mm. two, was that already two months ago? That that was was the the very beginning of COVID. COVID. Mm -hmm. That was super early on. It was the last day that I did anything really out in public. And even then we were Yeah, and we had already been isolated for two weeks. Oh, yeah, at that point. So, yeah, that was the very end of March. Yeah. I'd just gotten home from Nicaragua on the 11th. So, oh, shoot. Mm -hmm. How has it been that long already? I know. But that day, I had a therapy session Mm. and... um, discovered that one of my cycles of suffering is that I oftentimes feel disposable. And Mm. so we, you know, worked through what that cycle looks like for me, how I act out, how I feel when I'm in this cycle that I've been really cycling through for my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, we kind of discovered even more recently that it's been since I was about eight years old. Oh, geez. Oh, wow. All the way back then. I don't All even the know how back. you would target something like that. Right? That's 
It's like, how do you start to deconstruct the mental structures in your mind that you've just been in for your entire life? Uh, And so I've been working on feeling essential and that is hard work every day when I've, like we just said, for 25 years, (laughs) have been living as feeling disposable. What are some practices that you've been going through to make sure that that's at the forefront of your daily activities? Yeah, absolutely. I've started to have my own mantras. It's Mm -hmm. funny, like right before I I came home, I was on tour and I I had already kind of started doing mantras. And at one point, instead of an alarm clock, my brain would just wake up to me saying, I am essential. Oh, like, wow. It was like my alarm clock. My brain telling me that I'm essential became my alarm clock. I need to train myself to do that. I've been waking up and listening to podcasts, but that would be nice to start otherwise. <laughs> Interesting. The first day it happened, I was in shock. I was like, what? <laughs> I, the, I just woke up from my <laughs> mantra. <laughs> <laughs> that must be like a really nice experience, though, because like, you can actually see that progress like going through your day-to-day. So that's that's wonderful. How has COVID affected you a little bit more negatively? Yeah, absolutely. I have... Hmm, I've been... I'm, I'm a very go, go, go person. And I also re- have learned that one of my... Psych- one, another thing that I do <laughs> is I give out too much of my energy uh, to a point where then I am depleted of energy. I can relate to that. <laughs> yes. Very much. <laughs> and it's, it's hard, again, breaking down those cycles that we live in and realizing in relationships, in projects, in really anything that we do, how much energy are we giving out and how much energy are we getting back? And then right. you have to look at, you know, the relationships and... You know, is this relationship really filling me up the Mm -hmm. way I need it to, even though I really, really want to give to this person? Yeah. Teaching yourself it's okay to be selfish. If selfish means that what you're asking for is beneficial to you Mm -hmm. in your life and it will actually push you positively. Absolutely. I uh, have been living with my parents. um, And so that's another cycles that I'm breaking down are generational cycles of patterns that I've learned from them and I'm like oh I don't really like that about me right Mm -hmm. now so addressing those addressing you know sitting with myself and I think a lot of us in this time are sitting with ourselves so much that past traumas Mm -hmm. and patterns like I'm talking about are coming to the forefront and we're having to look at ourselves deeper than before and realize you know that's when I got hurt and that's okay and, and now I have to give myself grace and heal the person that was hurt, you know, 20 years ago. My goodness. And so that's, you know, um, especially as a child when we have traumatic experiences, and I mean, I'm not a therapist or anything, I just go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what I've learned is that we are able, our minds are able to put that trauma in a blo- box and leave it there. Mm-hmm. until something either A, triggers it, or B, we feel safe enough to confront it, or we've sat with ourselves. And what brought up mine is um, actually Fiona Apple's new album, oh Catch my gosh. the Bolt Cutters. Do yes. not even get us started <laughs> on oh my this. Gosh, yes. It is the shining album, I think, of Leslie and I's day, especially when it came out. We listened to that. <laughs> Every um, day since it came out, Well, probably? I think we listened to it. 
the day that it oh, came yeah. out or the day after we were painting Maybe i was editing three and we just times sat with it oh absolutely mm-hmm. like i mean at least we Throughout, just we would cook meals to it we would walk to it i mean anytime i needed to just yeah. take a moment and <laughs> escape i would put my headphones on oh, and yeah. go on a very long walk i find myself even singing some of the tunes like kick me under the table is all, oh is yes. just constantly in my head which is it's a powerful place nice. to be i'm really yeah. into it my siblings will get upset with me because I'll be like, ladies, 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 ladies. And they're like, no. Um, but I was listening to that probably for the, like the 29th time, like the fir- after the first week. Like, I don't know. Um, and it makes sense. I don't blame absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. In the song um, Relay, um, there's lyrics that are evil is a relay sport when the one who's burned turns to pass the torch. Mm-hmm. And I was oh, laying in my bed with the lights off, like almost kind of meditating, listening to it. And then boom, trauma back that I had completely forgot about from when I was eight years old. Wow. And I just broke down. Um, Have you ever had an album affect you that way before? No. So this is a first for you. This is a first for me. Like I. Do you feel it like broke my? It shattered everything. Oh did wow. it? Wow. Yeah. Do you feel like some of that was because you had the space to be listening to it so intently? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like this this isolation period, like I said, is letting us sit with ourselves and. I was ready. I had already, you know, had the mantra of I am essential. And, you know, we, we are trying to pin down when that started, when that cycle for me started. And I would, I would think of things and she's, she would be like, no, that's not it. When you think about what, what the event was, it'll, it'll break, rock your world. And there you have it. A month later, I'm sitting there faced with something that I, can only grab at as a memory mm-hmm. and confronting that as a huge, huge impact. Like how, how can you, I was like, how can I have blocked out something that has now created a cycle in me that's foundational to who I am? Mm-hmm. And now I'm, and now my foundation has been completely ripped out from underneath me. I mean, that's definitely something I've been trying to deal with as best as I can with the tools that I have in front of me is redefining what it's like to be essential especially when my job as a photographer I mean it's it's no longer here and I'm also a freelance editor so that means photographers uh, send me work and if they're not shooting I'm not editing and so redefining what it's like to be essential has been a very difficult process that I still don't think I'm I don't think I'm quite there yet have you we may never be, you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. trying every single day to oh, just yeah. get a little bit better. Even after this is right. over, I feel like it's something that I'll have to deal with. Have you been going to work every day? Have you been able to hold on to your job? So I uh, am privileged in the fact that I can work from home for my computer, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the pe- taking the people aspect away from it is a bummer. Uh, my hours were cut. Okay. But... Um, kind of going back to my dad's office, um, they did reopen. And my mom was like, do you have any friends who would, are looking for a job? We need somebody to help do screening for the patients mm-hmm. before they actually get taken back in case they've been to a hotspot. And I'm like, well, Nebraska is a hotspot. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I was like, well, you know, ma- my mom and dad are going to the office. And so if, if they're going to the office and, it, and they catch something, 
they're bringing it back home. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I kind of almost saw my dad as a hero going back to work because he's like, they need dentists to keep dental or like people who have mouth problems out of the ER. Oh, oh, I guess I didn't, I didn't, didn't think, think about, about that, that at yeah. all. And so all these other health professionals, it's like we need them because we don't want people going to the ER, into the ICU when they can be helped by other healthcare professionals. Mm. Certainly. How has that affected your home life? I, um, not to completely tell your own story, but you do live with your parents mm -hmm. and your sweet grandmother, Lola. Yes, my sweetie. Oh, it's just so cool. I really want to talk more about that and your dynamic, um, but how has it affected your home life have you guys been separated how do you separate lola yes so she has she's 92 she's turning <laughs> 93 in a in july paint a picture of her how tall is she Ooh, how sweet she is she is uh, <laughs> i mean this year she may have gone from like four six to four five <laughs> she's about oh. a whole foot shorter than me she's a sweet sweet filipino woman mm. Um, her voice is adorable. Her I just voice, love her. And her accent, everything about her is just the most wholesome. Mm. Um, but she moved in with us when about nine, almost 19 years ago. No so way. I don't really know life without her. Yeah, I was going to say the better part of your years developing. Yeah, they've all been with her. Precisely. Oh. Um, but she, so she sold her house uh, back in Galesburg, Illinois. And we, she used that money to build on a, like, a granny apartment in the back of our house <laughs> so she has her own little kitchen her own bathroom bedroom living area she's got it made she's got it made so she just stays in there and then for <laughs> dinners we'll open up her little french doors that are right outside of our kitchen table and we'll try and share dinner share dinners together mm. um i mean this week we did break the rule though because you know like all of a sudden i hear her being like ralph ralph and I was the one closest to her room and I was like, oh crap, like that doesn't sound good. Like she's screaming and oh usually, no. you know, if she has to scream and not come to the door to open it, like mm -hmm. what the heck? And so I sprint in there and she's like just on the ground fallen. Oh. And she hit her head and. Oh, Lola. Mm, it was, it was traumatic, a lot. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm not supposed to be in here touching you because I've been out. We've all been at the office. Yeah, but how can you not? But how yeah, can you not rush yeah. to the aid of someone you love? Exactly, you have to. exactly. And so, I mean, that just recently happened. And so I'm still kind of like struggling with that a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and I'm sure, and it, I'm like, how many other people mm. are like this right now? And all the people, like my uncle just had a huge surgery and he was in the hospital for a week afterwards and nobody can go visit him, you know, so right. many families and people. Oh yeah, my grandmother just came home from her yeah. assisted living facility for the first time in six months. And I was pretty opposed to going over there and <laughs> doing anything because I'm here mm -hmm. recording this podcast. I'm in front of you right now. There's just a lot of what ifs, but she needed someone and my grandfather could not help her if she had fallen. We joke that she has this track record of only lasting an hour <laughs> every time she comes home. So we really wanted to break that. We want her to be home. So I had to go over and go grocery shopping and play that caretaking role. But it was so, it's a mind fuck. Yeah. Because you want to be there so badly and you want to hug them. So badly. And like, that was a thing like before that, like when I was going through this whole like realization of my own past traumas, as well as um, literally the day after uh, my trauma was exposed to me, my friend Jake died. Mm. And 
-hmm. Also in the news, um, our governor didn't want to release statistics and I was just fucking angry. Yeah. I was so angry and I don't, I'm not an angry person and I don't like being angry and my anger comes out as fear and sadness. And I just learned the other day that actually anger is a secondary emotion caused by primary emotions, which are, is your fear and your sadness. Mm. Um, it's funny. My sister was like, you're always pissed off recently. And I was like, I'm pissed off funny and warm. Okay. <laughs> Let's just keep going. <laughs> I love Katie. Thanks Sorry, Katie, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay. But, but then I was like, shit, like, I don't want to, I don't want my, the people that I live with and I'm closest to, to, right. Start associating anger with Maria, yeah. But I'm angry at our politicians. I'm Mm -hmm. angry that my friend Mm -hmm. was taken away too soon. I'm angry at the people who have hurt me. Mm -hmm. I'm angry at the people who probably hurt them and showed them that. Yeah, and you have to give yourself permission to feel that and be in that. Yeah, and and process anger in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. So let's Mm -hmm. talk about how you channel that energy into nightcaps. How did you get to nightcaps what was the journey getting there? I know you went to Creighton University with your, and you got your journalism degree. How long did it take you to get to Nightcaps? What was the inspiration? Walk us through that. Yeah, uh, probably. I, I d- well, and quickly, can we just touch on what Nightcaps is for those who don't know? Yes, absolutely. Nightcaps is a community therapy session. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, for me, <laughs> at least. <laughs> um, Nightcaps is a monthly show um, that we hold down at Outer Spaces where I host a variety of people in our community to come hi, together. Philip. Yeah, hi, Phil. Uh, he helps me produce it. Um, and we host it down at Outer Spaces with the goal to educate our community in an accessible way um, that just feels cozy and authentic mm. and you know, we're a place where we can learn without feeling bad that we may not already know something. Oh, I love that. Um, because are, there's so many things we don't know. And so I don't want anyone to feel guilt, guilty that they don't know or ignorant. I kind of hate that word. I hate that it's become a bad sure. thing to be ignorant. Mm. Like you can be ignorant. And if somebody tells <laughs> you something and you still refuse, you're still ignorant. But if you if somebody's calling you ignorant just because you haven't learned something yet or just because you haven't had access to that information, where's a safe space that you can go to learn those things? Nightcaps. Yeah, that's I really feel safe there. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it is really hard for people, I think, to raise their hand and say, I don't know things. And also, we don't. sometimes we don't know what we don't know. Precisely. So having that space, I mean, I love that you're, that you're doing this and providing so many good resources for people in this community to come together and learn more about what they don't know. Yeah. So how did you start it? Where did it come from? So it came from a need to educate, Mm -hmm. to form community. Um, I was working on a local newspaper called Noise with my friend Juan. Mm -hmm. And I was writing a story about the midterms uh, two years ago um, and read the statistic that millennials are the most diverse, most liberal, but were the least likely to vote. And that, again, pissed me off. (laughs) I was like, what the hell? Why aren't we voting? All this stuff. But then I was like, well, I don't even know, like, what does our legislature do? 
our Nebraska legislature? You know, what, who's the city council? Mm -hmm. What power do they have? You know, who am I voting for? I don't know what this judge does. Oh, let me go Google their name. They're, you know, up for re-election or whatever. And, oh, they don't even have a website. Oh, it's incredibly hard to find information on that. So hard. And, you know, it's like, well, well, why is it hard? Are they doing that on purpose? Sometimes you have to wonder. Sometimes. Well, and how, and right, and how, how, how have we not developed some platform or outlet or website or something that, that can give us information? How are we expected to vote on these people yeah. when we really know nothing? I know. I had so many friends messaging me just being like, how do I find out who's going to be on my ballot? How do I fi- find out about what they want to give money to for roads. Like, how are we going to make sure that that's getting dispersed into North Omaha and to South Omaha and not just out in West Omaha to expand and do this sprawling suburban thing that we've been doing? Yeah, the amount of times I've sat in front of a ballot and just went, shit, I don't know most of these names. Or if I check that bubble, what am I getting myself into right now? What am I getting the community into by by walking in there and being ignorant? I, um, I remember after my first... Um, election here in Omaha, I went home and I thought, I'm never uh, voting in person again. I'm always going to absentee vote or is is that what it's called? Because, Mm -hmm. because I was like, I I need this to be mailed to me and I need to be able to be next to my computer to at least try to figure out what little I can. (laughs) And we should like meditate with our ballots or something like right. sit there and Not just to do like be a frantic like, Google search, but actually sit with it. Yeah. Like if, if you're, if that's intimidating to you, what I found helpful is like pick your top two passions that you care about your social justice issues, and then go and look at what everybody on your ballot has to say about those social justice issues, because then, you know, you're voting with your conscience, mm-hmm. conscience. That's great advice. I just Recently. came up with it, actually. <laughs> oh, I, ha- I, love I that. haven't done it. I was just like, whoa, that'd be a good idea. Off the cuff and pissed Heck off. Yeah, yeah. that's a good combination. Pissed off is really just my style. <laughs> so recently you had Senator Tony Vargas on. <sighs> How was that? How did you get a hold of him? How do you get a hold of the people that you interview? What does that process look like for yes, you? Yes, that was actually the second time I've had Senator Vargas on. And I just admire the shit out of him. <laughs> he... You know, he he walks the walk. Mm. You know, he he's, he's really there for South Omaha, isn't he? He's so there for South Omaha. He goes out and he does his own canvassing. He does his own knocking on doors. He's the own one of the only um, legislatures or um, legislators or people running for office that print both Spanish and English. You, you that's know? such a simple thing. Why is this cool not universal, dude? Why is it, why is it not universal? <sighs> He's a cool as fuck dude. Like he is real and honest. Mm. Um, oh, he's been one of my favorite guests. Uh, but how I go about finding them is, you know, I'm out in the community quite often at my friends' art events, mm-hmm. at nonprofit events, at lectures held at like UNO or Creighton, um, and I'm just always meeting people. And when I find s- somebody who I'm <laughs> like, oh, you have a lot of knowledge on this topic. Would you ever be interested in coming to Nightcaps? Mm-hmm. And I kind of explain what Nightcaps is to come talk about it more and share your knowledge with the community. And then I kind of form a whole theme around what that topic would be. And then I go out and I find other people in our community who would have a different aspect or a different point of view from them. And then I, I bring two, three, two, three, four of those people who are 
quote unquote experts <laughs> in whatever subject we're talking about all together. And I just start out by trying to find their contact information, whether that's giving them a, f- a Facebook message, giving them a call. Uh, and I just kind of pitch them a nightcaps idea. Have you ever had anyone say no? have i ever had anybody say no yeah has anyone ever rejected you or have you ever had to really convince someone and are you able to share their name how i've had had people say no because they have other things going on or because they feel like they're not as well versed in the subject and then i say okay well what would you want to talk about you know and then i love that you give them that option and then i say okay can i add you to my queue (laughs) and then i have a running list of people um to pick from yeah right (laughs) Uh, or, you know, some people are just hesitant to be vulnerable in front of a big group of people. It's very understandable. Do. When I did it, I was absolutely terrified. And the only person that got me through it was the fact that I was sitting next to Mary Lawson. And I know. she was so composed and just so eloquent with her speech that I felt, okay, maybe I can do this. Oh, you absolutely <laughs> can. Look at you now. Oh, well, uh, times have changed. That was what, September 2018? Was I know that because I looked it up earlier. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, September 2018. I mean, it's so wild. And things have changed so much for nightcaps. If you have not been to a nightcaps, it is such a unique experience, something that I've never been a part of. I only went to college for a couple years. So if this is something that exists on campuses. It doesn't. Okay, well then here we are. (laughs) It's just, it's so nice to be able to sit into a crowd and feel like you're on the same level with those that are on that platform. Thank you for saying that. Yes, you work very hard. Yeah, it's a beautiful and unique experience. And you're, you're doing something that... Like, I think what we just said, like, it's not happening anywhere. Right. I thought maybe in college, but no. Okay. (laughs) I know. I, and I, and I would do, when I was starting this, I would try and do research, like community, like like, community art, like community, (laughs) like musicians and nonprofits, musicians and businesses, lawyers, like trying to find conversations or places where all these people are coming together and I couldn't I mean something that it's not like a TEDx talk you know because that's so separate from the person speaking and yeah it doesn't involve the audience no not at all so a so a huge part of nightcaps that I think is really unique to these conversations is the fact that every nightcaps ends in an artist or a couple artists performing their music or poetry live Absolutely. How do you find these artists? Do you have a few in mind that were some of your favorites that are very notable around Omaha? Give us a little insight. So when I read that millennials don't vote, I was like, why the fuck not? What's (laughs) wrong? We don't, we don't have enough education. We don't have enough resources. Is it because the politicians don't want us to have the resources? How do we get the resources? What are we spending our time on? What are we spending our money on? And all of my friends were spending their money on merch at shows. Oh, yeah. Tickets oh. to their favorite artists. Smart, you know, we were gathering smart. at BFF. Yes, it's like Bernie bringing in Vampire Weekend. Why not do that but make it local? Yeah, and Bonnie Bear. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I was I didn't like. I not think about it that way before, and I've been to many. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. I was like, well, we spend our money on art. That's Fuck. what we care about. Brilliant. And, you know, also. Artists are the ones that are pushing culture. They're the ones who are creating around the fact that we're fucked up. (laughs) 
Um, I was conversing with a friend earlier today, and she said, uh, just right along these lines, she said, I have learned more about uh, society and, and, and racism and things through art than I have through any history book. Precisely. You know, and plus the white people, old white people are the ones who are writing the history books. Yeah, but so how can we trust that exactly? Yeah, so how, so let's bring the artists to the front lines. Let's I want to learn about the human the experience. Yeah. You know, they should be leading the conversation of how we're changing our culture, how we're nurturing our culture into being something better than it is now. Mm. And so I was like, Snap oh, plus, if we're talking about harder topics mm -hmm. that make us maybe a little bit more anxious than normal, we can mm. decompress as a community together with some sort of art. Mm. And so we've had plays, we've had poets, we've had uh dancers we've God, had performing woman. arts we've had all sorts of artists and it's it's beautiful what was that? <laughs> that was <laughs> oh, didn't even see <gasps> them oh that was amazing okay sorry please continue He'll be able to edit this. Yeah, that's totally <laughs> fine. That cat is screeching. <laughs> um, I, and so I just, it made sense to me. Mm. You know, if, if we have politicians and people writing laws for us and for our culture that we exist in, that we live in, these structures that we're required to obey, and they're not listening to the people who are creating in response to that, like we're kind of screwed because oh, powerful. artists are the ones who are bringing what's wrong with our society to the front lines. Yeah, yeah, and they, shining a light on it. Exactly, like we need to bring both of those people together. We need to bring in businesses and nonprofits. You know, how do we create an ecosystem that supports each other and more importantly, listens and learns from each yeah, other? Yeah, the basic facilitating of conversation, right? I mean, because yeah. when we all come together and we can look at each other, like with what you do with Nightcaps, um, I think you quickly realize that the barriers you think you have be between you are, uh, are, are broken down very easily. Yes. And it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful to experience it, you know, when I'm up on stage and one of my guests says something and then I see the other guest's face go, oh, I never even thought about that. Mm, that's so cool. And so you can just see people learning in a way that is comfortable and at a pace that they want to learn. Because I don't want to force anybody to learn what they don't want to learn. No, of course not. You know, people need to be ready to accept and be ready and open to learning mm -hmm. and growing. And when panelists learn something, yeah. I always ask, that's always my questions afterwards. Like, well, did you learn anything? Because you're the expert on this. Like, I want you guys to learn something too. And um, most every time they say, yeah, that was awesome what she said. Or, mm -hmm. you know, he said this and I had never thought about it like that. I think the instance that comes to mind is I was covering one of the Nightcaps episodes for Hi Omaha, mm -hmm. and it was the sex education around the world. I'm sure you have a more official title for it. No, I think that was basically it. Okay, sex cool. Around the world. <laughs> but it was, it was one of those situations. You had a guest from, what, Iceland, mm -hmm. Mexico, was Canada. it? Canada. See, and I feel like every time it was so interesting because 
that was the most crowd participation I've ever witnessed at a Nightcaps event where it just seemed like these ideas were sparking out of all different sides of the room and everyone felt so comfortable and at ease. But yes, like you just described, you could see people even just on the stage realizing something. And these are educators as well. Yeah. Like they are deeply involved. And even they, at that moment, they were still learning things. Everybody's growing there. So another interesting guest that I saw at that was uh, you had a whole row of your family there. (laughs) Yeah. How do they interact with you at Nightcaps? Are there a couple moments that stick out to you? Like, do you have hard conversations with them afterwards? So this is actually another one of the selfish reasons I started Nightcaps is because since I am so pissed off, funny, and warm, (laughs) I would get into conversations with my family members that sometimes ended with me in tears because I'm also an empath Mm, and super sensitive. Welcome to the gang. Yep. (laughs) And so I was like, how, how do I have a conversation with relatives who will walk out of the room on me when I'm trying to talk about something that's really important to me? How do I not raise my voice? How do I come at it through being educated and having words to use instead of voice levels. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, and facilitating a safety in that. Exactly, and I know a lot of my friends and really evidently everybody, everybody can use tricks on how to have conversations and I want Nightcaps to really be an example of that, of, you know, I learned this from somebody else's experience and I'm not gonna invalidate that experience even though I may not agree, agree with it, that's still an experience that person has. Mm -hmm. And I can have respect for that. Um, So, okay, well, back to the original question. Any sticky moments? Oh, yeah, so they're sticky moments at nightcaps. With your parents. Oh, with my parents. Okay, yeah, so I was like, so I, I thought in my head, you know, okay, if my parents come to these conversations and they hear other people experts, knowledgeable folks talking Ooh. about what I want to say. Clever well, then plan. I don't have to say it. And they <laughs> still learn, you know, like it's not their daughter being like, rawr, rawr, rawr. it's clever. It's clever. <laughs> so I'm like, it's okay. a bridge. yeah, I like ask them questions and I'm like, please give, like, I, I know that they're educated enough that they're going to teach me something and they're going to teach my parents something. Mm-hmm. And you know, they, my parents have been so awesome in support of me you know they try and come to every single one lola's been to a few she, she comes in her wheelchair because she gets nervous walking around but um well, they, she's a tiny woman know, she needs to be protected so at fragile. all costs she's so fragile uh physically not emotionally <laughs> emotionally she's a freaking rock <laughs> um but you know and then my i get home afterwards and my mom is excited to talk about it you know after uh That's the one fun. in in february um, which was celebrating black culture, my friend Barber, uh, he's a local artist here, he talked about you know, his mother being nervous whenever he left the house when he was growing up. And my mom afterwards said, you know, and I mean, she's 50 plus, she's, she never even thought about the fact that she may have to worry about my brothers going out in West Omaha. Granted, now, my brother just uh, made a road trip kind of a side note he just made a road trip coming home from college and he was out in Spokane and he got pulled over 
in, in small town, I don't know, Midwest small town, and the police officer asked him to get in the car, and he didn't know his rights, so he oh got in the gosh. car. Oh, no. I know. Oh no. And apparently ended up fine. He's like, oh, yeah, we just chatted. And my dad was like, but yeah. He, and my dad just goes, that sounds like racial profiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honey. Mm. Oh, and, and because um, we're Filipino, but we're half Filipino. And so quite often we get, uh, I don't want to, not like misdiagnosed, but we get thought of as Hispanic or Latina. Mm. And so... Like, especially since my name is Maria, I've had people come up to me and be like, oh, como estas? I'm like, your Spanish sucks, and A, I, <laughs> a it sucks, B, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> like, <laughs> Turn around and walk away. Yeah, like, it, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, they just, like, jump to something that's, like, oh. ra- almost like a racist thing. It's like, oh, Maria. And I'm like, nope. ew. <laughs> but, you Stay know, so, I'm so sorry. So, it's okay. Um, I mean, it's not okay, but I don't let that shit affect me anymore. Um, but so my parents, they're realizing things too. And I think it's really beautiful because it's, it's hard for people. I mean, we already talked about it now. Like it's hard for us at even 25 to think about the mental cycles that we've been living in. Imagine when you get 50 and being like, oh wow, this thing that I've been doing, this thought that I've been having my entire life is wrong. I've been living my life wrong and now I have to confront that and learn how to fix it. That takes a lot of work and vulnerability. And it's really, really beautiful to watch though, because to, ad- to, con- to admit that you're wrong is courageous. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, one of the reasons I started Nightcaps is like, I don't know shit. I don't know anything. I know how to talk to people sometimes, and sometimes I even <laughs> fuck that up. You know, I know, I only know what I know, and that's very, very limited. So how do I continue every single day to learn something, to grow from other people, to teach, to let other people know that it's okay that you've been wrong? You know, like we're all, my mom says, she always says, you know, we're doing the best with what we can or with what we have. And she says that, you know, when I'm like, oh, well, mom, you taught me this. She's like, well, I, I did the best I could with the information I had at the time. And I'm sorry that I maybe had taught you this thing. But she can now, rec- she, it's been really beautiful to see them even question their mental structures. And if my parents can do it, you know, <laughs> I know other people in the community are f- more than capable as well. We're all capable of addressing the mental structures that we've learned that may not be serving us anymore. I would have to agree. Yeah. Bravo. <laughs> yeah. Over there, Leslie, do you have any? I know you noted some things down. Um, yeah, so if we still focusing on nightcaps and some of your topics and your conversations there, do you have any memorable, like some standout moments, some anything that was maybe like controversial that you could tell us about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is one of the biggest kind of growth moments I had, and I'm probably going to start crying. <laughs> um, so for the last February one, we were, you know, I had posted that it's hard to talk about race. 
And I had been watching all these documentaries uh, on race. I'd been reading all these articles and how do I, an, a non-black woman, lead a conversation in regards to black culture in a predominantly white city, mm. in a predominantly white neighborhood. And so I, I thought I was doing a good job, you know, like I went to um, talks about race. I was, I was really trying my hardest and I had this long, long list of, conver of questions and it got to maybe about halfway through and a woman in the back raises her hand and says, I don't think you're asking hard enough questions, essentially. Mm. Um, you're asking questions to help white people be educated and I thought we were supposed to be talking about black culture. And that wasn't word for word, but essentially that's what was said. And my anxious self all of a sudden my heart started racing and she was still talking and I looked over at my friend Jake who was oh. sitting in the front row. And um, just knew that I would be able to handle it because I felt really vulnerable in that moment. Um, and I just took a deep breath and was like, almost just like breathed in my friend Jake's energy. That's so sweet. And, um, just like, thank you so much to the woman. Like, thank you so much for saying that, you know, cause she said race shouldn't be a hard thing to talk about. And I just said, thank you so much. You know, we're all here learning. Um, and the reason I'm crying is because I don't know if I said this, but my friend Jake passed away <laughs> this month. And um, that was the second to last time that I saw him. And he's just always, he had always been a support for that. So that's kind of like probably one of the biggest moments that stands out to me because, you know, I realized that we're all at different spots in this learning process, you know. Um, yes, my questions were probably not hard enough and didn't go deep enough for that woman, but, you know, how, f for people who have grown up in predominantly white neighborhoods who probably don't really have black friends, they don't know what code switching is. Mm. So I kind of have, you know, how do you have that conversation? Um, but, you know, it, it taught me a lot as a moderator to really intentionally narrowed down my questions mm -hmm. instead of just having a long ass list <laughs> and, and um, how do you combine you know some of them and, and dig a little bit deeper and and just responding to people who are you know who want more and or who who may not be the most supporting of what I'm doing or who wants something else out of the out of the conversation, that's okay. Like I, I'm doing the best I can with the information I have and we're all learning from each other and that's the exact point of what NICAPS is supposed to be. Uh, yeah. This picture too, I think of this this beautiful juxtaposition of someone in the back of the room challenging you and this community that you've built and the whole point behind nightcaps and the audience participation and your good friend sitting there in the front row 
that you could look at in that moment and help compose compose yourself and and calm your heart yeah that is oh that's so such powerful a his energy he just calmed so many hearts um and i'm gonna miss him his fiance christina sent me this past week a video that he took on his phone from my last night from one of my last nightcaps that we live streamed and oh. he recorded the part of me talking about being an empath oh. uh, and how I'm handling my emotions. <laughs> I remember clearly is not very well. <laughs> I remember that moment. No, I yeah. think it's beautiful. You're <laughs> letting it out, and that's yeah. This is uh, this is what we're here for. It's please, hugely vulnerable and important. Thank you. Yeah, I was just like he, you know, he's he's still here, and he. Um, He, uh, he gave me power f- in that moment physically. Mm-hmm. But I think that even after, you know, and this goes for anyone who's grieving right now, like they're still going to give you power afterwards. Like mm-hmm. they're, I truly believe like their spirits are sur- around us every day supporting us. And, and that's not going to stop just because his physical mm-hmm. self isn't here anymore. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That was like, uh, it was just hard because it was like, oh gosh, I haven't been this, I haven't been confronted with this kind of question before Mm. in front of an entire audience and I felt extra vulnerable. Oh yeah. That anxiety creeps up on you in ways that it's it's like a fight or flight. And usually I feel like you fly, (laughs) you you leave immediately and you can't in front of an entire crowd. All of a sudden it becomes brighter, but you know, when you're searching sometimes you're searching for grounding and just to make eye contact with somebody mm-hmm. who you know has your back, like, is is everything you need. Where else in this community have you found home in that sense? Whether it be a particular neighborhood, oh a yeah. space? Um, uh, sorry, and that no, that's not sniffle out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, I grew up in West Omaha, And I think that kind of also ties into, you know, why I started Nightcaps is because I went to Catholic school my entire life. You know, I learned in a Western culture point of view. And that's not always the best view to to learn things from. And, you know, I was one of five Asians in grade school, Asian girls, and I was the only one who wasn't adopted. So I, for a while, thought I was adopted. (laughs) Because I thought, like, being Asian oh. meant you were adopted. Oh, honey. Wow. <laughs> I'm sure your mom oh. had a very interesting conversation oh, with you she, about she's that like, one. Maria, here's the photo of me holding you in the hospital. And I'm like, <laughs> you're like I don't know. I don't know. I still so don't trust it. <laughs> Where's the video? I need the video. <laughs> yeah. Where's your pain? Um, and then I went to Marion. And so I grew up in very privileged circles mm-hmm. that didn't have to confront social justice issues because we were comfortable. I went to Catholic school as well, and I would say I had a very similar experience. We were very much shielded off. Our school was on top of a hill. We had two students of color in my graduating class, um, and it was is difficult because those conversations were never being had. I grew oh. up in Council Bluffs, and we're even further removed from a large city like Omaha, what we consider in Council Bluffs <laughs> a large city. But yeah, no, it's it's weird to be put in that position especially when you do grow up next to a large city and you see all these people around you but they're not represented in 
in your learning environment. Yeah, especially because Omaha is one of like the most racially segregated cities. You know, I didn't have exposure to black culture until I was in Mm -mm. high school. Outside of the media and the few movies that I watched or the music I listened to, I mean, in the beginning, all of my tastes were shaped off of someone else's and it was very rare for a long time for me to find anyone that wasn't a white man in a movie or singing a song, the list could go on. It took me a very long time to find that that piece of the community and actually be immersed in it. Yeah, like there was a few women at church, you know, we would go down a sacred heart, Mm. which, (laughs) you know, is in North Omaha. And so that was kind of my, my limited exposure to outside of West Omaha. And so when I started going to Creighton, uh, is when I met, well, I actually met Dewan oh, a little bit before Dewan that. So, so much. Me too. Um, and so we went to the journalism school. We were at the journalism school there for together. And then I really learned about different cultures by working on noise, by working for the Heartland Workers Center. I went out and canvassed in North Omaha, uh, right around the time I started Nightcaps. So I really mm. just kind of threw myself into learning through people's experiences and and that was the way I wanted to learn I didn't I would read I would read articles I would listen to podcasts but to listen and witness people's experiences one-on-one is it is unmatched that experience uh-huh. I don't <laughs> know where I'm at even <laughs> no it's good um yeah I guess like in all of this and in growing up in West Omaha and your, you know, your family life and your limited exposure and then breaking out of that, um, where have you now found or where do you, where does your heart kind of feel most at home in Omaha? Yeah, I would probably say uh, my heart feels at home when I'm with people who also are open to rapid growth and I find that those people are predominantly in East Omaha Um, I've lived in Dundee I've lived in Little Bohemia I've lived in Blackstone and I love all those neighborhoods so much they each have their own different charm to them and and there's makers in those neighborhoods and, and I find myself really at home with makers and creatives and, again, people who just want to nurture the culture to make it a little bit better. Yeah, Little Bohemia is a great example of that, especially since Outer Spaces lives there. It's I so know. cool to see how the neighborhood is growing around it. Yeah, and Tiny House. Shout out <laughs> Megan. I miss her so much. Oh, one mm. day we'll be able to celebrate with a very nice cocktail and some mezcal. I, I promise know. you. I just want to, like, I just want to go to Tiny House. I want to go to Night Owl. I want to go to Page Turners. Don't even get us started oh on gosh. Night Owl. I know. Long, Leslie long and I can see Night Owl out, out our window at our place. Especially now that we have patio weather. Oh, oh goodness. Really, really difficult. So I don't know if you can tell uh, right now, listeners, that we're all just yearning <laughs> to be outside, but it's okay. We have wine in front of us, so we're doing well. Um, with these, with, with Nightcaps, too, uh, in curating your topics and in, 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 in your community outreach, do you have, do you have like a way or how could we, or could we, 
can we talk about or how do we facilitate or how how does this community help you reach every neighborhood in Omaha? Mm. Mm, great great question. You know probably you know come and witness it for yourself and bring a friend and you know ask your friend hey you know you want to go learn with me tonight you want to maybe challenge what we know mm. together and then plan on talking about it with them afterwards you know i love sitting with my friends after nightcaps and just listening having to their responses <laughs> and having an, another nightcap yes and you know we we've in today's day and age we're so we're so caught up in posting to social media and bitching on social media about blah, 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 blah. And then you can shut your computer, you can put your phone down and you don't even have to have a conversation with anybody about it. And so are you, how, how can you push the, the culture in forward by just posting your own thoughts? Yes. It's important to have your own thoughts and think about them and share. And I've, I've really, I'm sure we all have been realizing the weight of social media. It's allowing us to mobilize, to revolutionize. But sometimes, you know, a Facebook status isn't enough. No, certainly not. And it honestly makes me a little bit more anxious. The only reason I even have Facebook anymore is to promote nightcaps. <laughs> yeah, like events. I really <laughs> wanted to delete it. And then I'm like, shit, an event, you know. But it's also a way for people to communicate, especially in these times of isolation where we need those platforms. In other countries have been dealing with this, have been have already recognized this for the past few years, you know, war-torn countries where they can't leave their house because of potential bombings. Mm. You know, I, I remember reading articles about that. But, you know, for for what we're doing at Nightcaps, it's all about community growth. And so if if the community witnesses, the community will grow. And that's, you know, that's how communi the community can help. It's just by attending, by paying attention to listening to leaders in their community. I mean, I'm not even like, listen to me. I'm like, listen to them. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, again, I don't know shit. That's the entire <laughs> reason I'm doing nightcaps is so that I am equipped with the language that I need to take out into my daily conversations to get my point across. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Along those lines, do you, I know, I'm, I'm sure that you have multiple social causes that are incredibly important to you. Can you talk about one or two of those? Absolutely. Um, like social justice wise. I mean, anything in this. Never comes to mind. Yeah. Anything uh, you think deserves a little extra attention in the spotlight right now. Yeah. Oh, gosh. This is what I'm trying to figure out right now for myself is not spreading myself too thin by caring about everything. Because when I care about everything, I'm stretched really, really thin. And, um, and then I'm pissed off funny and, <laughs> <laughs> but so it's like, it's hard for me to pick just a few things because, and that's one of the reasons I started nightcaps is so that I can learn about everything. I'm, I'm so hungry for knowledge and to learn that I didn't want to like put myself in this limited box. Like I'm only going to focus on LGBTQ plus rights. You know, I want to focus on that, mm -hmm. but also like 
MMI, the MMIW movement, um, which if you don't know is the murdered and murdered and missing indigenous women. Mm. You know, I want to talk about sex shame and, and guilt around that. I want to talk about, I don't know how to be a good friend. What does it mean to listen? What does it mean to have a platform and use your voice on your platform, but also raise the voices of those in your community who should be the ones who have the platform. Mm -hmm. So I guess, hmm. oh man, I don't, I don't know. I think that putting focuses on voices, anything that has to do with that is, is really big for me, specifically artists, paying artists. Mm. Like I said earlier, I really truly believe they're at the foundation of building what our future looks like. And, and people who are our age and who are younger than us, and they're paying attention to the artists. Mm -hmm. You know, how many graphics do we see on Instagram every single day that have been made from an artist? How many poems do we read that really just touch our hearts? Songs that are written that fucking make us cry <laughs> <laughs> and, and question everything we know about ourselves. Mm -hmm. So just giving voice to those people and, and really being intentional listeners. I don't really know if that exactly answers your question, but that that's great. on my heart. It's perfect. It, it does a great job. Um, in the same way, what do you think the next big thing Omaha is going to see, whether it be in social activism, development in our neighborhoods? I mean, I could go on. Is there anything that you think that we're going to be seeing very soon in our community or that we should be watching out for, whether that be negative or positive? I think that people, especially after last night, which we're recording this on Saturday the 30th, mm -hmm. um, you know, last night there was a peaceful protest held at 72nd and Dodge that was escalated by the police. And I just want to, first of all, thank everybody who was there because... Yes, thank you. And especially Philip Colbo for covering. His coverage was fantastic. Oh, his coverage was and incredible. Very much appreciated as two people who were not there and are only seeing this through social media. He did a fantastic job of making sure that the community was aware and yeah. had proper resources afterwards to listen to people like Malcolm X. Absolutely. And, and pointing and certain talks that were important. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, share the resources that you've learned from on social media. Use social media as a tool to share good information, mm -hmm. you know, good news. Uh, a lot of times people don't trust the news and so they're looking for information on Twitter and, you know, there's, um, there's so much information out there and if you can just share what you're witnessing, mm -hmm. that's enough for people to learn, you know? We're, we're getting news from each other's experiences these days. So I think what we're really gonna see in Omaha is people wanting to step up mm. and hungry for change and realizing that enough is enough. And how mm. do we support our brothers and sisters who are dying at the hands of police? You know, why do white men get to stand with guns at our state capitol and there's not even any sort of response by mm -hmm. the police department mm -hmm. from, from that what I know. Right. I think and it's a wild misconception that you have to have 10, 20, 100,000 followers to say something. Mm -hmm. You need to be very aware that any number of people that follow you is worth saying something. So you need to, I mean, 
use your platform responsibly. Yeah. And, and don't and be afraid to, and don't feel like your voice doesn't count because each one of those followers can look at that and have their mind changed, think about a new perspective, dive deeper into that topic. You might never know, but mm-hmm. it is so worth it. And if everybody on your feed is talking about it, then you're like, oh shit, like <laughs> maybe I should be questioning. Right. I should get into this. My social passiveness. Cause, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I think what's important for people right now is, you know, if you're from Omaha or if you're, if you live somewhere else, find the places in your community that are supporting the people on the fringe Mm. that are actively working and organizing to help, help with the revolution that is inevitably coming. Mm -hmm. America cannot go on like this. It will, we will destroy ourselves if we continue like this. There's at least, there's at least one person in every organization who will be more than willing and happy to reach out to you do not feel like you are lost in a sea of information because yes, there's a lot of information, but there's always one good person willing and ready to reach out, grab your hand and pull you right into the middle of the action. You know, there's, there's so many resources online that you can look at to be um, an advocate. There's so many resources just in Omaha, Um, you know, noise. I mentioned them, but the Heartland Workers Center, um, Charles Drew, there's so many different organizations that are supporting our black and Latina communities right now. Um, and we need to learn from them and, sh- and share what we're learning from them because they're on the ground talking to those people, working with those people. Um, so yeah, I, I hope, I hope Omaha sees this. That's my hope. I hope so too. And I think, yeah, that is the next thing. Yeah, Maria, can you maybe summarize a little bit of your the way you see uh, your public persona versus your private persona? Oh, that's something that I've really been working on. Um, you know, I started Nightcaps, and I just wanted to call it Nightcaps, and Philip was like, you got to say with Maria Corpus, you know, like Jimmy Kimmel does it, Trevor Noah, Samantha Bee, like they all have their names on it. And I'm like, that sounds so cocky. Like that sounds vain. That's not me. I don't want, I don't want to be the focus on it. It goes hard. And, and I don't want, yeah. And then plus it's like, who the fuck am I to, to host a show? Maria goddamn Corpus. That's who you are. Well, now I'm learning that. Now I'm learning my essential properties um and and so you know going back to to me saying earlier that my ground has completely been ripped from out from under me in the past month I feel like if you knew me before this isolation time you knew a completely different person than what I am now I would agree (laughs) I and and that's and that person that I was internally back then was probably not what you saw on Instagram. And the person I am now is probably still not quite what you see, you know, on Facebook or, or whatever. Um, you know, I'm learning that we're all expansive and that just because I am, I fit in this box doesn't mean I can't also fit in this box. You know, like I used to think, oh, well, you're not bi or, or lesbian because you're feminine. You're girly, so how, how could you even be gay? 
And, uh, and, and that's obviously not, not the right way to think about things at all. No, um, it's very toxic. It's very, a very toxic way to think, but that we have so many different, um, avenues of ourselves that we are still just uncovering. And I am right now, you know, I'm learning, like I said, energy. I can't keep putting out all of this energy to people who, um, who take it for granted, to be completely honest, yeah. you know, um, and, and specifically finding people who challenge me to be a better person, who challenge me to grow, who, who ask me to help them grow. Mm-hmm. I think mutual growth is so beneficial and, um, yeah, I don't really know. I, it, <laughs> this kind of comes to mind. I like was bitching to one of my friends the other day. She's like, or she's like talking about these boys. She's like talking, flirting with, and I'm like, that's so funny. Boys don't flirt with me. Like I don't even, I don't even know how to flirt. <laughs> like I'm so bad at it. I'm just like, I feel like I've witnessed this before. Not <laughs> me not being good at flirting. Yeah. I'm, yeah. No, I'm not good at it. it be, mm. I don't have really a lot of experience at all. And um, you share my, similar energy with everyone. So I think <laughs> either everyone thinks you're flirting, or everyone thinks you're just this very bubbly and open person, which that's is exactly not it. a bad way to be mm. known yeah and so my friend was like well people are just intimidated by you well that is also and true I, well, I was just, I mean I've heard that but I don't I'm like why are they intimidated by me like I try to be open I'm trying to like not come off as intimidating but and, and what is like I don't know I'm still confused by that word associated with me um but you know I found people who are intimidating until I get to know them too um just because of who I think they are or um, by what they portray online. I'm, you know, really trying to be, to be vulnerable with myself when it's just me and note all those thoughts I'm having with myself and then bringing them over to Instagram. Um, that's really the only social platform I use <laughs> and Twitter. Oh my God. Oh yeah. You're a huge Twitter user. I, uh, the Twitter user kind of came out in me like in the last <laughs> year. It's like one tweet is about me having a crush on my Trader Joe's, uh, checkout guy. Saga and I need to see this actually happen. Dude, I keep going and he's not there and I'm just like, did Where'd you quit? Uh, maybe he's I don't know. I gotta go on back. a Friday. I gotta go on a Friday because that's when I first met him. But like <laughs> one tweet is like that, and then another tweet is like, "What the fuck are the doctors saying about the police who are tear gassing my friends?" Like it is a roller coaster to be a follower of yours, but I do love it, and I am thoroughly entertained every day. Thank you. Every hour. <laughs> I, I know. So sorry. Some some days I'm just like. <laughs> it's a good way to put your energy out. It is. You know, we we're all interesting and. And it's when we can learn to harness that as a power instead of the insecurities that exist around those interesting feelings and, and, and the way we act. It's when we can, you know, center ourselves and harness that energy, I think, is when we, we start to become intimidating to people who haven't quite figured that out yet. And, and that's okay. Hopefully it, it's intimidating, but inspiring and encourages other people to, to want to look at themselves and, and want, and want to believe in themselves and see themselves as essential. Mm -hmm. 
feel like I should be snapping after everything you say <laughs> for the poetry reading. Thank you. So, Maria, how can we find Nightcaps? Like, when is the next one? Um, Absolutely. All those, that's, thank you for asking that. The next Nightcaps is actually going to be a week from today, June 6th. Um, so if this comes out afterwards, you can still find it on YouTube. Um, otherwise, in, in this day and age, we've been um, Zoom meeting, streaming that to Twitch, and then uploading it to YouTube afterwards so you can still view it. The perks of it being live is that on Twitch, as an audience member, you can still ask questions. And we're feeding that um, feeding that through so you can ask a question live and get that answered in the conversation. Um, along with that, you know, at Outer Spaces and, and a, a pillar stone of Nightcaps is really truly believing that artists deserve to be paid. Mm-hmm. And so usually when we're at Outer Spaces, there's a suggested donation of $10 um, per person or just whatever you can afford. And if you can't afford anything, it's fine. Everyone, everybody's welcome. Um, but we try to pay our artists every single time and also Outer Spaces to keep Outer Spaces open. Um, so with with everything kind of going on, we've had to be like, how do we how do we still produce this this program when it's really now needed more than ever to have a sense of community um, while still being fair to artists and still being fair to Philip who works helps me produce it. Mm-hmm. How do I pay them? You know, I, I as much as I would wish I had the funds to put out. <laughs> you know $200 per show I just I don't have that money right now it'd be a cushy life if you did it would I would like not have any because I would just be giving it all away anyways but um yeah so now we decided that uh before ever before we plan a nightcaps we're gonna do a drive um on outer spaces dot I don't know go to the outer spaces website I think it's dot org and there's a stream um a stream tab and You'll see um, right now and how has a drive going uh, and I think somebody else and then you'll see a nightcaps drive and what you can do is you can click on that you can donate um, and then once we hit our minimum which for nightcaps is $150 we'll set the date for the next show plan and start planning it. It's just really hard to uh, it's hard to set a date. With, without knowing that we're gonna have the funds to be able to properly pay artists and the producers for their time. Understandable. Mm-hmm. Well, you can find Outer Spaces by going to outrspaces.org. They have a tab there if you just forward slash and go to support. Um, and then their their Instagram handle is outrspaces Omaha on Instagram. And you can also find Nightcaps at N-I-T-E-C-A-P-S on yeah. Instagram as well. Be patient with me though because as of right now I completely forgot the Instagram password. <laughs> oh, and they make it really so hard, hard to change it when it's like associated with your personal account. Like it's so hard to change the password. Because just it's having like, a conversation yeah. with Caroline about this yeah. last night. It's, it's ridiculous how many yeah. hoops you have to jump through just to post a picture. And I haven't found it so I'm just have just kind of been using my personal Instagram. So I, I maybe I'll, I should probably try and figure out that Nightcaps Instagram. Yeah. But well, at least for now we have the outer spaces to go to. Yeah. And your personal page, which is Mezgalria. Yeah, Mezgalria. So M-E-Z. I thought I was clever, so I was like, I'm gonna change it. <laughs> I used to be Tequila Ria in college, and so now I'm Mezgalria because I'm mature like that. I'm so oh. into that. It's at M E Z G A L. 
Oh, I'm just forgetting how to spell right now. No, that's right. M-E-Z-G-A-L-R-I-A. Oh, goodness. This is the end. Can you tell people? <laughs> so perfect. Yay. Anything else you want to plug while you have the microphone? Um, Love one another and listen to each other. That's all. And listen to the damn Fiona Apple. And listen to the Fiona Apple song. Jeez. Me, album. <laughs> song. The whole. Album, it's it it's one whole big song to me because I just <laughs> listen to it from start to finish. It does flow like that though. I know. It just does. It's a beautiful album. Uh, I want to have Fiona Apple on nightcaps because I think she would have a lot to say. <laughs> I love it. Just, oh just manifest that shit while you can. Yeah. I feel like we would both be angry. <laughs> at the same time but then like really bond over that and i think it in that bonding would be an art in and of itself but with that unfortunately this is the end of our conversation no. and i feel like we can go on for hours and we'll like, have I to have you back again at some point if you want yeah let's make you cry again <laughs> let's go um but just thank you so much for willing to be vulnerable and i really do think that this is going to be the highlight of uh, many episodes to come so thank you so so much you're a dear friend very happy to be sitting next to you right now yeah thank you guys i i i love what you guys are doing i can't wait to hear all these episodes and and learn from other women uh, and people and hopefully you know we can all just collaborate on who we're all learning from oh i'm ready for nightcaps the podcast I know. <laughs> it's coming baby it's coming i Yay. love it thank you maria yes thank you ladies thank you and gentlemen <laughs> and josh and josh yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to What's Her Face. We are a figure podcast produced by Joshua LeBure. Find us on Instagram at What's Her Face Podcast or visit figurepodcast.com for our other shows.